welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. The message here, truly about God's direction in your life, and about the big picture, because a lot of times we have circumstances and events occur, and you wonder, why, why did this happen? And you don't see, you don't understand, and you're somewhat in the dark now, but maybe in the weeks or months or in any case, years later, you see the big picture of what God was doing. And I believe we're going to see that here in the life of Paul. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read this section here. I'm going to tell you what this is about before I read it. That way you kind of understand what's going on. Paul is on his second missionary journey. And he used to go, his early journeys were with a man named Barnabas, and also with a man named Mark. And Mark was also the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark. But halfway through their missionary trip, Mark quit. Have you ever had anybody just quit on the job? Literally, they just, he just, you take your badge off and put it down, just walk away, go, I'm done. Like halfway, he didn't wait till the day was over, his assignment was over, he just quits on the job. And he's like, I'm out of here. You know, those type people you typically don't rehire. You know, they didn't even make it to their contract was up to at least get a renewal. I mean, they just walk out. Well, that's what Mark did. Mark was a young guy. He um, was one that is also recorded in the Bible that he's the only guy that when Jesus was arrested, he ran away with no clothes on. So, I mean, he probably, his boldness for the gospel just really wasn't that strong. And he, he might today, we would look at it and say, that man's a weak Christian. I don't even know what that word means, but have you ever heard somebody be called, oh, they're a weak Christian, or they're not very strong in their faith? Well, that would be the definition of Mark. And probably what happened was Paul probably viewed him as somebody that he was going to bring alongside and disciple, and just teach and grow and see him increase in his faith. Well, he quit on the job, I and mean, he just... He just well, they came along, that was the first missionary journey. Well, they come to the second missionary journey, and Paul's ready to leave. And he's wanting to go, uh, him and Barnabas again. But Barnabas is like, well, let's go ahead and bring Mark back with us. <laughs> uh-uh, we're not bringing that man. He quit. If you quit in the middle of the assignment, you at least have to finish the assignment. Then you say, I don't want to be recommissioned. But you don't quit halfway through the job and hop on a boat and go back home to Mama's house. The, literally, that's what the man did. And they have a disagreement. And they actually, what's amazing about this, the Bible calls it a sharp disagreement. And they spart, parted ways. So Paul picks a man named Silas, and Barnabas picks a man, obviously, named Mark. So they go out. So then you have now two missionary teams going out. But what's interesting about that, the Bible, once Barnabas parts ways from Paul, we never hear any mention of Barnabas again. That meant the, the Word of God confirms that Paul was in the right, that by, by Mark quitting on him, they, you know, just it, what Paul did, he, he went on. But what's neat about Paul, on this second missionary trip, he picks up another guy, because Paul was all about bringing younger guys up in the pipeline of discipleship. He always wanted a 20-year-old next to him, because he's always mentoring him and discipling. Maybe your Thanksgiving, you, 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 you're around folks, and they're 40 years younger than you, and you think, they just think differently. And you just, they just have to learn and grow, and it's, uh, um, it's, it's unusual. You know, even this past week, 
you know, our families grew up in Alabama, and this yesterday was what we call the Iron Bowl. It's just a massive football game. The whole state of Alabama just goes crazy over this football game. And we, I mean, that was, it's always the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and it's a big event. But we have these children who are in uh, Marcy's house, she grew up in Alabama, in our house, they, none of them have even, none of them grew up in Alabama. They, it means nothing to them. So you see something that was so big for you, you look at a next generation, they're like, who cares? It, it means nothing. It would be like us if you grew up here in Lexington. You love UK football and UK basketball, and then you, you, you see other people and they grow up and go, they have no interest whatsoever in you. How could you be so distant to something that I cherished so much? Well, Paul was always one of these guys. He saw a younger generation, and he wanted to make sure he was mentoring. So on his missionary journey with Silas, he picks up a guy named Timothy, and he starts discipling him. And the Bible teaches us at this point, when Paul's on this missionary journey, through this disagreement, God actually, while they're, they're traveling with this new group, it wasn't the original group because he had a disagreement with Barnabas, and then God actually sent what we call the Macedonian call. A vision came to Paul, and he called him to go to Europe. And what's amazing about this call, we're going to see here. Have you ever heard that phrase, Western civilization, and how the West is Christian? That is because of the verses we're about to read. The Macedonian call. When Paul was in this land called Asia Minor during Bible times, now it's called Turkey. It's hard to believe it, but at one point, Turkey was a Christian nation because of Paul's missionary journeys. They went there and planted churches all over Turkey, Asia Minor, Bible times. And Paul wanted to go northeast, which would have took them more towards the east and to, towards the north of a different part. But God stopped him from going that way and sent him west towards Greece. That's where Macedonia is today. He went into Greece. And that Christianity, he was the first Christian missionary, Christianity spread into Europe because of that Macedonian call. And then the pilgrims, what we just celebrated 403 years ago, came over here and brought the gospel to the United States. I mean, you can literally trace the Macedonian call and then from the pilgrims coming over here to North America. That is the story, in many ways, of, Christian, of what Christianity spreading to where we are today. So all of this, I'm trying to tie in with the big picture of the Lord. He uses this disagreement. You look at somebody like Mark, who's a quitter. I mean, we would look at this guy, he's a real quitter. God took a quitter who threw in the towel, and he ended up basically working through that to bringing the gospel, the good news, Christianity, all the way here to where we're at. Literally, the, through the Macedonian call, through the split up, through blocking going east towards China and towards like Russia and coming this direction, going west. And that's what Paul, Paul did. So we're going to read that. And the goal of this, and when we see, is when we don't understand things, when there's disagreements, you have family problems, when unforeseen things occur, when I mean, what David shared about with Mary, all of a sudden she's getting ready for Thanksgiving, and I'm in Ohio, I get a text message that Mary has a brain tumor, and we need desperate prayer. 
Mary, who sings here in our church a lot, she's getting ready for Thanksgiving. Next thing you know, now she's about to have major brain surgery tomorrow morning at UK Hospital. I mean, that is a massive, massive change of direction. One week ago, she's not planning that. Now she's begging and pleading for our prayers. And that happens throughout our life. And what happens when we experience these type of uh, unknowns, we say, Lord, what are you doing here? And I think this is the scripture it's going to teach us. So that's our background information. So now you, you can kind of understand where we're going. You're in your Bible. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 15. We're going to read three different sections of this. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. The Bible tells us here, After some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. This is called follow-up. Barnabas wanted to take along John, who was called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. That means he quit. He's a quitter. Now, one of the great things about the Lord is even when you're a quitter and you throw in the towel at one point in your life, even when you ran away from the uh, crucifixion with no clothes on, same man here, God still used Mark. Every time we read the 16 chapters in the Gospel of Mark, that was the man who quit. That was the quitter. He was the one who was embarrassed of Jesus. He has one of the New Testament books named after him. So we see how the Lord did not give up on him. Even though Paul said, we're gonna, this ain't going to work out. We're not going to bring him anymore. He's been disqualified from being a missionary. He's disqualified from doing this again. God's going to redirect him in other areas. But he's not finished with him. And look at verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. What's neat about Barnabas? Barnabas means the encourager. Every time we see Barnabas in the Bible, except for this one sentence right here, he is encouraging other people. Just because you're an encourager doesn't mean that you, can disagree, you can't ever disagree with someone. Barnabas was known to be a blessing to so many other people, but here at this point, he even wanted to encourage Mark, who had, who had quit. Yet Paul said no. Paul, I can imagine, Paul is one of these hardliners. Like, he, he didn't change. If he said something, there was no gray area. He was just, this is what we're doing. I don't care. We're going to part ways. You just beat them into the ground. And Barnabas was one of these guys who just, he felt compassion for the guy. He said, you know, he quit, but that doesn't mean he's always going to be a quitter. Let's give him a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. But in this situation here, it says, we have to say that Paul was probably in the correct because we do in, uh, correct in what he's doing because we do not see any mention of Barnabas again in the Scriptures. He falls off the map at this point. And he goes on his missionary journey, and people got saved, I'm sure, and the Gospel was advanced, but the Bible traces what Paul's work is and Paul's missionary journeys. But what's also neat about Barnabas here is, and what I love about these two men, is when we find ourselves 
at an impasse with someone, or we have a sharp disagreement, as the Bible tells us. Notice there's no mention of this disagreement again in the Bible. A lot of times for us, it's easy for us to go and when someone is maybe rude or we have a disagreement or a fight at work or at school, we have something, issue happens, you're going to let 47 people know about that for the next week. And you're going to talk about it over and over. And, you're, and your family's just tired of hearing the story. They could even tell the story for you. I mean, because you, you have told everybody. But Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't repeat this story ever again. We never see, there's nobody, he never goes back and starts bashing Barnabas. So I think what the Bible's teaching us, for us, when we find ourselves in an impasse, or you do have a sharp disagreement, the Bible's saying that's fine. People are going to disagree. That, I mean, there, some people, there's just, that, that's not necessarily bad to disagree with somebody. What's wrong about it is to relive it over and over again and to start gossiping about it, and to put them down about it. You part company, you pray for them, you say, may the Lord be with you. Barnabas, if you feel passionate about taking a quitter, you go right ahead and you take Mark, and y'all go and tell the whole world about Jesus. But I'm going to take Silas, and then I'm going to pick up Timothy, and we're going this way. And there's no mention again. This would be breaking news. I mean, I know we read this story here in the Bible, and we think, well, they had a disagreement. But this, in the church world, this is like a church split. That's what this would have been. Paul, is, Paul and Barnabas are the top two missionaries right now in the world. And they went on a missionary journey sharing the gospel. And now they're ready for round two. The Jerusalem church is aware of them because they just wrote a letter to them telling them to bring it to all the other churches. And then these two powerful, godly men, they break up. A church split just occurred right here. That's what occurs. Verse 40. But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. So that meant they prayed over him, they commended him, they said, look, this is, if this is God's will for y'all to break up, it's just the Lord's will is going to be done. He traveled through Syria and Caesarea, strengthening the churches. These communities we're reading about are what we hear about in the news. Syria, that is a war zone today. That is a terrorist state. But Paul was traveling through there telling them about Jesus. Now, pick up here in chapter 16. We're going to read 10 verses. Now, look at what Paul does. Look at how God uses this breakup. They're on their second missionary journey for us. And when you experience some, a disappointment or a setback in your life, this is what occurs. Paul went on to Derby and Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. What's amazing about this, that meant he was lost. He was not saved. He was from Greece. He was a Greek. But do you know where they're about to go to? To take the gospel and the Macedonian call? They're about to go to Timothy's very, very land that his dad came from. His dad was an unbelieving Greek, and they're about to head in that direction. They just don't realize it at this point. So what's amazing about Timothy is he had a grandmother named Eunice and a mother named Lois. And the Bible teaches us that they taught Timothy about Christianity, about Jesus. But his dad was not a believer. So his parents, he was in what we would call a mixed marriage where you have one believing spouse, one unbelieving spouse. I don't mean racially mixed, I mean 
uh, uh, faith mixed. Where you have a believer and an unbeliever. And what's happening here is Paul is saying, this guy Timothy, even though that it might be uh, easy to cast off someone who didn't have a, maybe a strong background because his father wasn't a believer, but Paul looked at him and says, you know, I'm going to disciple you. And what's amazing about Timothy, Timothy is going to write the epistles in First and Second Timothy that's in many ways the standard for church practice today. That's where we get the qualifications for pastor, the qualifications for a deacon. That's where we get practices of, of prayer in a church. But what we're seeing here is this, this split between Barnabas and Paul. This wouldn't have occurred. Paul went after Timothy because he lost the young disciple of Mark. Do you see how the Lord is using this breakup now? He's mending it together so in our lives, when we find ourselves with a sharp disagreement, or we find ourselves with some just tragedy that occurs, or a surgery, or a loss of a job, or a setback at school, and we're thinking, God, what is going on here? We see how the Lord is using all this. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him, so Timothy was, he was well known. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. What was that decision? That decision was that the Gentile converts, because the gospel is going out to people at this point who were not not Jewish, that they do not have to follow the Jewish dietary laws and they do not have to be circumcised to be saved. They can follow Jesus um, uncircumcised and eat whatever, they can eat pork essentially, non-kosher food. And look what happens here. This is the blessing of what happens when we find ourselves, instead of complaining about our situation, and instead of Paul being bitter about it, and Paul, looking at this as a loss, it says here, the, so the, verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Every day in these churches, people were being saved. That meant they weren't just having worship services on, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. What they were talking about, the people, the Christians, were going about sharing the gospel. I think the principle for us, and this ties in with missions, we can't view our, our faith as just something we get up on Sunday mornings and maybe Wednesday nights, and we just come to this building. Our faith is one that's daily. We are looking for opportunities for people to, uh, to get saved. I was in Ohio this past week, and as you know, my uh, brother-in-law, he's a minister there at a church in Heath, Ohio. And he was telling me, and just the community there, you know, it's a wonderful community, but the people are just lost. It's the rust belt. You know, you see these churches for a hundred years ago, it's like a blast from the past. And you look around and go, this once vibrant thriving community with such life with the church as the center of the community the school and the little businesses downtown they just dried up 
and you're looking around. And many of us, maybe you were raised in a community that was that way, just a small town that was so bustling and alive. And now it seems like, what has happened? Where are the jobs at? I mean, even, even one of the stores we used to go to, because I only go once a year, it used to be a restaurant, now it's Vape Palace. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking, goodness, Vape Palace, I mean, it's huge, a vape store. And that's, that's sad. When you see a community, uh, once it was a little restaurant that served hamburgers and hot dogs in the community, a little, and now it's a massive place to get, to, for vaping. That also tells you what's going on in the community if they open Vape Palace. And that reminds us, too, of the need when we go about in our life. As you just, just as Paul is going about, there are lost people who need Jesus everywhere we go. And we can invite them to Broadway Baptist Church, and you absolutely should do that, but there's a lot of people you can beg them. You can pay them money to come to church. They are not going to come into a church building for whatever reason. They weren't raised doing that. They aren't used to doing that. And we get to the point where the only way they're going to have an encounter with Christ is for you individually, one-on-one, to tell them they need to be saved. That Jesus can save them from their sins. You know, that's what the word Emmanuel means. God with us. He saves us from our sins. That's what Christmas is all about. And that message is absolutely desperate in our community here in Lexington. And it's easy for us to say, you know what, my community, my hometown, it won't be like that. We won't have a vape palace. We won't be a dried up community. We won't have addiction problems all around it. Listen, if it can happen up there in 30 years, it can easily happen right here. That is how the devil destroys communities. And what happens, the churches literally die out. When we lose our passion, when we forget this Bible verse, in verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in our faith. Are you, is, our, is Broadway Baptist Church strengthened in our faith? How are we strengthening our faith? By you and I, when we are devoted to the Lord, when we recognize that no matter what happens, our allegiance, first and foremost, our first obedience is first and foremost to the Lord. You know, we talk about, we have these big family events. You, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, you see all sorts of family members. We all have family members who are lost. They are not saved. It falls to us to make sure that we tell them about Jesus. There is no better Christmas gift we give. No, nothing is better than us letting folks we love know about the Lord. You can't think of anything better. And the Bible's teaching us that actually strengthens our faith when we do that. And when that occurs, we grow daily in numbers. People get saved and the church grows. Last section here we're going to read. Now look how the Gospel eventually is about how God is using this entire event, starting with this sharp disagreement with Paul and Barnabas, and how he's eventually going to bring the gospel to us right here in Lexington. And here it is. This is the Macedonian call. This call is so important in our life. And the reason why is because when you feel like you're going nowhere, and you have nothing, accomplishing nothing, and you're just waiting on God's direction, then 
you receive, you receive a call, a, a purpose, you receive a vision. And God, God is, there's always a release and a pull with the working of the Lord. God releases us from some relationships, some friendships, and then He pulls us towards others. Look here at verse 6. They went through the region of Phygia and Galatia. This is in Asia Minor. This is where Paul's at. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So for whatever reason, God closed these doors in certain communities. So then look what Paul wants to do here in verse 7. And there are times in our life that God does close these doors that is just best not to speak up. And he, makes it, he made it very clear. He says, Paul, this door, you're not going to be allowed to go there to speak. And you're not going to be able to talk about the Lord for whatever reason. We don't know why. When they came to Mysa, they tried to go in Bithynia. Bithynia is the northeast area. So they're starting to go northeast towards, be like going towards China or Afghanistan or Iran or, or Russia. It's a different, it's not west. They're going to go north and up in this area to the east. But look what happens here. That's where Paul's wanting to go. It's a, it would be a frontier area, desperate need. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. All of a sudden, the Lord stopped them from doing that. When I lived in Georgia, we had a police officer at our church. And he was telling me, and he was the guy that he hadn't been promoted to sergeant. He was one of these guys, he pulled you over, and he gave you a ticket. So he wanted to, he was working, he was trying to work his way up in the chain ladder so he didn't have to go over. He was, he was patrolman, is what he did. And he told me a story one time. He was on this community on Highway 16 in Sonoy, Georgia. And he was a younger guy. He was new on the shift. So when you're new, you work the night shift. That meant he would go in at like 7 p.m. and work to 7 a.m. 12-hour shift. Just drive. I mean, he would go in the middle of the night and give people tickets. And he told me a story one time. We were talking about the leadership of the Lord. He said, Daniel, something one time miraculously happened to me. He says it was 3 in the morning, middle of the night, and he was on Highway 16 in Sonoy. And there was a white van, always a white van, and it was speeding. And he needed, the man needed a ticket. He always told me, there's just some people in life that just, they just need to go to jail. That's just where they need to go in life. And this guy was going way too fast down this little country road. So he pulls him over, and the van pulls over. And he's about to get out of his car. And he's going to go up and, and write him a ticket. And it's three, and he's by himself. All he's got is, I guess, his gun and his badge, and you know, he doesn't know what's going on. He says he's about to hop out of his car, and he says, Daniel, it's amazing. The Lord stopped me. He just, he just, I, was, I froze. For whatever reason, I felt this thing. I could not get out of my car. I mean, the man's pulled over, he's about 50 feet in front of him. He's waiting, you know, waiting for him to come give him his ticket. He says, the, it's like God would not allow me to get out of my car. And then he's, he realized, you know, God, for whatever reason, I think it's best that I'm just going to get back in my, or start the car again and drive off. And he did that. And he is absolutely convinced that that man would have shot him from that van. And he says, that is what happens when we are led by... There are things in our life. And he says, he just drove by looking at the man, just passed him, pulls him over. He says, you know, I'm not going to pull you over. He just got out and just drove by, looked at him. Dark windows, couldn't see who, was, who it was. 
And then that was it. Now, he doesn't know what would have happened, but he says that is the only time in my life I could not give someone a ticket. Every other time, I was able to gladly write you a ticket and pull you over and rest you. But that one time, for whatever reason, it was the Holy Spirit blocked me from even getting, setting a foot out of my This is a healthy man. He could easily get out of the car. I believe that's what's happening right here to Paul. The Holy Spirit, it says here, he says, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow him. The Holy Spirit, the Lord, He guides us in our life. And there will be times, I'm not saying this is going to happen all the time, but there's just times where He just puts a block. You're not going to meet that person. You're not going to get out of your car. You're not going to that house. You're not going to that community. And you don't understand why. And it might make no sense now. And we might likely never know until we get to heaven. But the Lord puts a block sometimes in our life to prevent us. And that might be because God knew uh, Paul would have been killed going up to this community because it was a heathen area. That police officer might have gotten shot. The Lord just knew, hey, this is a believer. He's a faithful church member. He has a family. He just doesn't need to walk up to that van. Not everybody that day needed a ticket. We're just going to let that speeder just keep on speeding. There just comes a time of our life that the Lord does this to us. And in trying to figure it out, our only answer should be, thank you, Lord. I don't, this makes no sense to me. I can't figure it out. But Lord, I trust You. Folks, that's what it means to be guided by the Lord. Paul is understanding the leadership of the Lord at this time. And there's a block right here by the Lord. He's not going to this community. So then look what the Lord does. Passing by Mysa, they went down to Troas. So you're going near the coast now. And then during the night, look at this. Paul's probably confused because he didn't get to know where he was going to go. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him. So Macedonia, that's in Europe. Paul had never been there at this point. And he's pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Folks, Paul went to Europe. He was blocked going to east and taking the gospel to China. And he goes into Greece. That's where Macedonia is. He goes into Greece, and from that point on, Christianity, first time person brought the gospel to, to Europe, was Paul and Silas and Timothy. It just spread all the way through the rest of Europe. Folks, that's why in many ways we're Christians today of what just happened. That is the Macedonian call. But do you see how the Lord used a sharp disagreement with Barnabas? And then all of a sudden, he disciples Timothy. And remember, he's going into Timothy's dad's hometown of Greece. And he's bringing, eventually, Timothy probably gets to take the gospel to his dad's hometown, to that community. All these circumstances occur that likely made no sense. Paul had a breakup with his best friend. He was blocked by the Spirit of the Lord from going northeast. And then he's sent somewhere else. And then the gospel the good news, churches flourish. And our message for us this morning is we spiritually want to get to the point that we trust the Lord in every single thing that occurs. When it makes no sense, we say, Lord, I don't understand this now, 
but I am going to trust you that doors will be opened. There will be new directions. There will be a Macedonian call in my life to other people that you're going to place in front of me because this other area, this other event occurred. So spiritually, we say, what is God's big picture? A lot of times we don't see and we don't know God's big picture until weeks, years, and maybe even until we get to heaven. But we look back and we say, Lord, thank you for doing that. Lord, I'm so glad that Barnabas and Paul had a sharp disagreement over a quitter. Something is so disappointing to see Mark quit and go back to mama's house. God used all of that to bring the gospel into Europe and through a Macedonian call in the middle night of vision to Paul. So this morning, our life spiritually, I believe God puts people in these circumstances, and you, maybe this past year for you has been challenging, to say the least. It's been disappointing. There have just been uh, things that have happened. Say, God, what are you trying to teach me? And it might be now, God is going to open up your Macedonian call so that a family member, so that a friend, so that someone you go to school with, so they get saved. Remember, our goal is it's God's main purpose is a spiritual goal to see lost people saved. And I share that this morning, spiritually. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're about to have our invitation. You walk down forward here, and you say, I want to get saved. I can see how God's hand in my life, how He has closed off certain people and relationships and things and places, and He's opened up this for a greater purpose for the Lord to work. I'm going to invite... David, to stand up. I'm going to invite all of you to stand up. We're going to have our invitation. We're going to sing here in our songbook, hymn number 433, I Surrender All. If you've been thinking about trusting Christ as your Savior, this message is not an accident. We trust the Lord. Nothing is by accident. When you have tragedy in your family, yes, it's tragic, but God uses that to put a Macedonian call or to open up new opportunities for you to do the Lord's work. One door closes, and the Lord opens up another door. The door never stays shut. Even the quitter Mark, who abandoned them, God used him to write the Gospel of Mark. He got a second chance. We're going to respond to the good news. Hymn number 433. I'm going to be standing down front with our deacons. We respond to the Lord this morning.